When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Scott Benjamin, the auto editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. And with me, as always, is Ben. How you doing, Ben? I'm doing super well, Scott. You know me, Ben Bolin, a faithful co-host and maybe a person with a little bit of an impulse control problem. Uh, really? Well, yeah. Every time we talk about a new vehicle uh, or anything except for, I guess, Pike's Peak, yeah. uh, I'm all about Getting that next vehicle, taking that next ride. True, true. Yeah, you're right. You know, you're right. You're pretty much, you're uh, you're up for anything in this podcast, really. I am, and you know, I think that's one of the reasons that we work well together. But also, let's be honest. Let's be objective. People with poor impulse impulse control do not make the best drivers. That's also true. Yeah, which uh, plays right into what we're doing today, of course. That's right, right, man. So so you want to hit him with what it is? Yes. Okay, go ahead. Okay, today we are talking about automatic driving systems. Yeah. Yep. So that uh, takes, removes some of your impulse uh, reaction, I guess, out of it. Is Mm -hmm. that right? Yeah. Or or does it? Maybe it it works with your impulse reactions. Oh, yeah. Like how people who uh, already have poor math skills and grew up in the age of calculators just still have poor math skills. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. But uh, they get it done somehow. They do, they do. And when, when we first started talking about this, the, I guess you would say the seed of this podcast was planted when we talked about some very interesting future technologies such as driverless cars. Yeah, yeah, there's a, there's an article on our site about driverless cars. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of technology out there that's, it's kind of starting to make the jump or the, the leap, I guess, you know, baby step by baby step, mm-hmm. uh, towards, uh, removing some of the the control from the driver and actually taking it into you know strictly electronic controls. Um, others, like we mentioned, are, are you know a mix of both. You know, it's an electronic control that alerts the driver that something's happening, or an electronic control that overrides the system sure. um, in order to make it safer in some way. Uh, but we've got a whole variety of things to talk about today. So you want to uh, want to dive right in? Yes, sir. I propose that we take this approach, Mister B. Let's take a look at driving automatic driving technology that may already exist and i think we'll surprise some people there yeah. and then maybe we'll we'll wrap it up with some nice words about the future sounds good yeah i've got i've got a uh i got a, well, somewhat of a surprise we've mentioned it before but it's mm-hmm. becoming a reality now and yes. uh 
something I think you'll be interested to, you know, stay tuned in for. Mm-hmm. And so let me start off. Let me uh, go ahead and kick this event off by letting everyone know about something that I knew about. And I think most people know about this, Scott, but mm-hmm. most of us don't consider this an automatic driving system mm-hmm. or an assisted. What is that? Anti-lock brakes. Anti-lock brakes. And these are, believe it or not, uh, sort of what we're talking about because if you think about it, and we've got this in our article, an anti-lock brake system does something that the driver would do if this system did not exist. Oh, okay. Very good. Yep, you're right. It's a, uh, let's see, is that a passive system or an active system? Do you know? Well, let's, let's see, let's see if we can, uh, if we can break down the process real okay. quick. All right. So, uh, when you have a car before the days of anti-lock brakes, right? We'll call mm-hmm. them the days of yore. Sure. Okay. Uh, the good old days. The good old days. When you had your good old day car and it didn't have an anti-lock brake system, when you slammed on the brakes, the wheels could lock up. And that would, of course, send you into a skid. So what did you have to do to prevent that? Uh, you'd have to pump the brakes. Right. And for, for old fogies like us, we know yeah. uh, that pumping the brakes is is – relatively an easy thing you just sort of is yeah it sort of is and and the the goal there was to maintain steering control it allows you because if you just lock the wheels mm-hmm. and hit the brakes and you're skidding you're you're just going the direction that the car is traveling you're not going to be able to steer out of whatever incident you're ready to go into mm-hmm. um so you know that's i, I think maybe i just stepped on your toes here no on that's one, exactly but, right but yeah. um it allow analog brakes allow you to steer through the problem mm-hmm. um so if you are skidding you know, you still maintain control. But, so, but what does yeah. it really do, though? I mean, because I think a lot of people may not know exactly how intense this is. Yeah, the, what the anti-lock brake system in any vehicle actually does is it basically does the pumping of the brake for you. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, no offense to anybody who thinks that they are the king and the last word on brake pumping, but... This is not a John Henry situation. The computer probably does do a better job than the driver. Very nice, a John Henry reference. Hey, I try. Good work. So, um, really though, some people might say, ah, no, nah, come on, guys, these, this is just a, a braking system. But technically it does qualify because any automatic driving system or assisted driving system, uh, we're defining that as something that automates or takes over what would normally be or traditionally be a human uh, occupation. Sure. Yeah. Oh, makes makes perfect sense. That's a, a great example. I've got a couple of things here that um, I can kind of run down a quick uh, quick list of a few things yeah, that I've got. Yeah, it on um, me. In addition, I, I found some information on a, on a site called Event Helix. And Event Helix, they're, this is kind of hard to believe, but they're claiming that by – you'll hear these, these claims all over the place. So you take it with a grain of salt or is it sugar? Uh, uh, whatever. Grain, grain of salt. Something like that. They say that by 2030, all major interstates in the U.S. are going to be expanded to have uh, what they call auto drive lanes. And 2030, eh? Yeah, 2030. Now, that's coming up pretty quick. All right. I mean, 20, that's 20 years, but that's faster than you think. Yeah. Because, yeah. uh, you know, we were going to have flying cars by the year 2000. Yeah, I know. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> so. For it, this is this is a strange thing is that it, and the idea is that it's it's for um, automated cars and commercial trucks that have these systems built in these automated systems, 
and they think that this the uh, they they claim that the speed limits on these lane in these one lanes it's like a kind of like the HOV lane is now okay but strictly for automated driving systems and they say that the speed limits could be as high as 130 miles per hour in those lanes oh because human operator error is removed from the uh, from the equation in theory in theory now for that to work I've got this kind of uh, small chart here that um, Ben Helix had on their site and what it requires in order for a vehicle to have um, the system that they're talking about, the auto drive system. Um, okay, so you got your vehicle. Uh, you you need uh, well, of course, there's going to have to be vehicle. You know, the vehicles in front and behind you, and it's going to. I'm not clear whether or not they need to have a signaling system as well, or if it would just be you. So you know, this is the the case where we talk about so many times where if everybody has a system, it works great. If mm-hmm. one person steps out of line that does not have the system. That kind of throws a wrench into things, and and that's maybe the true test of this to see yeah. how it works. We're talking about interoperability. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, better if you've got cars surrounding you that have this type of thing as well, and as well as uh, apparently guardrails and uh, the roadway itself need to be embedded with these sensors and and um, I guess just information gathering mm-hmm. devices that can that can uh, narrow down exactly where you're on the road, and they do that via GPS. So GPS is another element of this thing. Uh, radar is another element because um, you need the radar, you know, to, to, to detect objects in the road. And uh, according to them, their system uh, would work. Uh, the radar would detect anything that's higher than three centimeters in height on the road. Wow! So you know, if there's a um, um, an object left in the road, like a muffler or something, mm-hmm. uh, which often happens, or a ladder that you know fell off someone's truck, um, or a person, you know, anything that wanders into that lane, um, it would it would detect that. Um, also, there's another thing that that it requires, and this is a this is sketchy right now too. Okay. Uh, right now. All right. Um, wireless internet. Now, you and I both know that the signal fades, and there's places where there's just it's just dead. It's not sure. capable. But that's one of the things that this depends on is because um, it requires current maps and automatic weather updates, and you know just constant updating of information rather mm-hmm. uh, for it to work. And if it doesn't get that information, you know, continuously. Um, I mean, right up to the very last second, what's available, um, there's going to be problems because that that may give them uh, construction information as well and backup information. So, you know, if you're barreling down on these on these uh, you know cars that are stopped ahead of you and you're going, well, like they say, 130 miles per hour in this right, lane, right? Yeah, that's going to be trouble. Now, I know they've got a bunch of. I'm, I know for sure they've got a bunch of backups built in, and there's a lot of you know big description on how uh, about how they they plan to cope with all of this. Like redundancies. So, and yeah, stuff. it's an interesting site, really, if you get a chance to check it, check mm-hmm. it out. But um, it does require you know a lot of different things: radar, GPS, um, other vehicles with this. Um, again, that sticky one infrastructure that we talked about, where that's a big big money thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah. you know where are they going to put it? How extensive is this going to be? Mm-hmm. And then yeah, I guess you have to deal with the accuracy too. Because Absolutely. that's another tricky thing as far as I'm concerned um, because uh, they're claiming <laughs> they they have lane accuracy plus or minus one centimeter. Wow. I know. They can really? Detect, yeah, that's right. They, they can determine lane accuracy plus or minus one centimeter. And, uh, again, that's – you know that that requires this wireless internet update, mm-hmm. the radar systems, the everything to work perfectly in unison in order for that to work without um, 
you know, without any problems, without any issues and being able to avoid everything. But they have tested some of the, you know, I don't know about them specifically, but these things are being tested that, you know, they do work. Oh, sure. Um, they work in a test situation, you know, in a controlled situation, but how's it going to work out on the highway? That's my concern. See, I can, I can help you out with that because when we're talking about this, astute listeners will notice that we brought up a couple of things that already exist, and we're talking more about integrating them into an effective and, most importantly, safe system. Yes. So we already have the ability to, uh, to a degree, automate speed, and we just call it cruise control. Yeah, exactly. We've got, uh, we've got dynamic cruise control on a lot of vehicles. Uh, um, yes. We've yep. got dynamic cruise control, which is already out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it works. Works fine. You know, it has to be calibrated. It has to be. Uh, it has to be set up exactly right. And I'm, I know there's issues here and there. Mm-hmm. Nothing major, but um, you know, you're able to set the distance from another vehicle that you're allowed to travel or that you want to travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, the speed, of course, and you know, you're able to maintain that distance. And um, it does. You know, it automates the entire cruise control system. I guess you still have to drive, of course. You know, it's right. not a, not a true hands-free system yet. Yeah, it's an assist um, <laughs> more than anything. Yeah, exactly. It's just a speed control, but it's kind of a nifty gizmo. Um, yeah. There are other things out there as well. Do you, do you have a list or do you uh, – uh, I think we should do this together. So why don't you do the next one, huh? <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. All right. I got one more here. I've got a few more actually, but um, Nissan has something called the uh, collision avoidance system. And if I take yours, just tell me so I can let you uh, describe no, it. No, no, please. Yeah. Um, Nissan has um, collision avoidance system that they're working on and – Interesting thing about this is it's it's a biomimicry device uh, where they're mimicking the eyes of a bee Weird. in order to make it work because that's so uh, smart. you know so many different um, facets. Yeah, exactly, exactly. There's so many different facets on the eye, and it, it takes in so much. It gets something like a 300 degree view of the vehicle, um, which is pretty incredible, really. I mean, 360 would be perfect, but you sure. can't really do that with the system yet, I don't think. Um, but I, I don't know. I think it's. Uh, there's a chance that that may come out. It may may uh, make it into production soon. I think that really depends on where they can get the price point because a lot of like yeah. the adaptive or dynamic cruise control we're talking about, which is this brilliant idea, mm-hmm. is still not in very many cars no. just because of the cost. Yeah, it's in uh, relatively high-end cars. And mm. I mean, that's kind of... Based on your point of view, I suppose you know it's on the. I know it was in the top end uh, Chrysler 300 for a while. Right. Um, I don't know some. Nice I, was car. It Mercedes, I believe, had it. Sure. Um, of course, you know they were sharing technology at the time. Mm. Uh, it, it, like I said, it's in the the higher end vehicles right now, but all like all the other stuff, it'll trickle down eventually, another, and, as well as the cost. Another thing that might surprise people. Uh, I remember I was surprised when we first talked about this. Uh, way back, not quite in the days of yore, but a, a little <laughs> bit more recently, radar. Scott, cars already have radar. Yeah. Some cars, yeah, that's the right. cars for people who hate parallel parking so much that they would rather have an automaton do it for them. Yeah, you know? yeah. isn't that amazing? Uh, that you know, it's it's. I, I still am amazed by a vehicle that can park itself. I would love to be in a vehicle, and as it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, that parallel parking system, we talked about this before, it's not perfect. It needs a lot of room. Mm-hmm. And one of the criticisms we get a lot about these sort of systems um, is very valid, and that's, hey, if you're ever in a city where you really do need to parallel park, the spaces are too tight for this system to work. Yeah, yeah, because I think doesn't it need one and a half times the distance of the car, the, the length of the car to work? Yeah, something, something like that. Something yeah. like that. It's And usually you have 
one and just a tiny little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have you know a full one and a half times the vehicle because that's pretty big when you're talking about an SUV. Sure, um, yeah. that's a big spot to find in the city, and you're you know you might as well be able to. Just Pull in at that point, really. Yeah, or buy a mini. You know, <laughs> yeah, maybe right. just chalk your losses. Oh, buy a mini. You know what? Good idea. Buy a mini and then uh, simple. Find one that's twice the size of your vehicle. You can park in it. Yeah, buy a mini and keep the uh, automatic parking. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm sure that's real easy to just change that out. So we've got um, we've got some interesting things here. Before we move on to some more stuff, I, I wanted to put in a word about the infrastructure. Um, I'm sorry, I forgot it earlier. No, no, that's okay. The As we said before, the interstate system, the Eisenhower interstate system in today's dollars, I think, cost like $128.9 billion. Wow. And those are just the regular roads, man. Yeah. No computers. No, no. It's just uh... asphalt and guide rails <laughs> along cliffs. Yeah, that's right. We're looking for the uh, the XLS version. Yeah. You know, the, uh, the top end, the GT. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's... Um, it's going to be expensive no matter what. Mm-hmm. And is it, how extensive is it going to be? Because once you get out into, you know, some stretches out in, I don't know, in Texas and yeah, Utah. Nevada, and, Utah. Exactly. Um, or are they going to continue the system all the way through some of those regions? Maybe, maybe not. Oh, um, excuse me. Nevada. I, <laughs> yeah, very good. Yeah. <laughs> I could see, uh, I mean, I could see them instituting this in, in larger cities at first, sure. of course. Yeah. Uh, smaller cities and then kind of the, like we said, you know, trickle down where mm. eventually it gets everywhere. But um, northeast man. corridor, and then a lot along the coast. Yeah, major interstates. But again, they've rights. been talking about this for an awful long time, and I, so far, mm-hmm. haven't really seen anything outside of test facilities. Uh, it's yeah. not a not a criticism. It's just it's what's happening. It's just oh, taking yeah. a long time. We should okay. What do we have any more present stuff? Uh, a couple. Yeah. I mean, just 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 to mention that you know there are other brands out there that do have some of this stuff. Yes. Uh, Volvo has a. Um, They've had a collision avoidance system actually for a couple of years now. The uh, safest cars in the world for a while. Too. Yeah, correct. Yeah, and uh, Mercedes-Benz has a brake assist system, of course. You know, they've had. They were, I think, they were the first ones. As a matter of fact, I'll shuffle my notes for a moment. But I believe they. I, I think you're right, Scott. I, they had some type of. Uh, uh, they called it the pre-safe system in the 2003 S-Class sedan. Um, so they've been around, you know, doing this for a long time, seven mm-hmm. years. Um, and really, what that amounted to is, you know, measuring the the steering angle and acceleration, and you know, just a kind of a pre-braking thing. You know, it allowed extra. I think it was extra. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, it raised. Uh, it also raised the uh, seats, which is another common thing in these systems. That you know, there's stuff that happens inside the vehicle, like the, you know, it'll, it'll bring the uh, any reclined seats up to seating position uh, to prepare for the impact. Huh. Uh, if it's if it's imminent, um, you know that you're in a better position than you know, for the seatbelts to work properly. I see. Um, That's pretty smart. Front and rear, because uh, some of these vehicles have rear reclining seats. Sure. Um, Ford has one. Ford has a uh, collision warning system with brake support uh, for the Taurus and Lincoln MKS, and also for the crossover vehicle. Um, and they also, oh, Honda and Nissan are offering lane deviation prevention programs right now, which that's pretty cool because that's ballpark what we're talking about here. It's really close. Yeah. I mean, if you're getting out of your lane and it tells you, that's pretty, honestly, that's pretty advanced mm-hmm. I mean, to be able to mm-hmm. do something like that. I know someone's going to say it's real simple. Here's the way they do it. But um, think about it. You know, it wasn't that long ago that, you know, we had just standard roll-up windows. We had to roll them down. I, you know, you're roll them by I know, I know. I mean, it's that, it's that amazing because, yeah. like, you're talking about radar. We're talking about, um, you know, cruise control that keeps a certain distance to the next vehicle. We're talking about using satellites in space. Space-age, Ben. It's yeah. space-age stuff. Yeah. Welcome to stuff. the future. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, no, I think, I think um, you know, lane, lane deviation prevention um, 
systems mm-hmm. are pretty cool. And um, that, that's kind of what we're getting at here with what mm-hmm. you know Helix is talking about. Yes. Um, okay, that's about all we got for the uh, the current stuff. There's there's more out there and here and there, but mm-hmm. um, that's hitting the major ones. Obligatory nod to Space Odyssey 2001. I have thought about driverless cars for a while since we've been talking about them, mm-hmm. and I just can't shake it, man. Somewhere between Hal and Knight Rider, yeah. you know, with Kit, I just I picture myself in a car, and I already told it what exit I need, <laughs> and I'm trying to escape, and then I try the manual override, and that little light comes on, and it goes, I'm sorry, Ben. I can't let you do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. It's telling you not possible. I mean, what, how do I change the oil? Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk, me about, tell you. let's talk about the future. All right. This is kind of cool because this came out uh, relatively recently. All right. And, uh, you know, we're a little late to mention this already because it's already happened. But um, the, the 2010 Pikes Peak Race, you know about this, right? Yep. We talked about it in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't have a show on it this year, but we did last year um, because there was a, uh, a record – Run at you know that was happening last year. The re- real push for it. Yes, sir. Not that there isn't every year, but um, this year, if we if you remember in that episode we talked about Audi. Do you remember that? Yes, we talked about a very specific Audi. Yeah. Now Audi has quite a history on Pikes Peak. They've uh, it, it, this year marks uh, 2010 marks the 30th anniversary of the Quattro system, and the Quattro system uh, just blew away. The motorsports world when it came out. I mean, it was it was unbelievable what this thing was capable of, and of course, it just shattered records on Pikes Peak. Yeah. Okay. So, Audi News this week. It's it's AudiUSANews.com sent out a um, sent out a press release, and it's all about if you remember, we talked about an autonomous car that was mm-hmm. going to make an attempt at Pikes Peak. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Yes, sir. Now they didn't race in the Pikes Peak race this year, and that's because they're still testing, but. I got some good news. What's the good news? The good news is they are well on track, and they're going to make a run for it, I believe, later this year. So we're going to have, for the first time in human history, the possibility of a artif- – I, I don't – maybe it's too much to call it artificial intelligence, but mm-hmm. an artificial driving system may become the winner of Pikes Peak. Well, I guess it's possible if it find because – the way I, I look at probable. this, it's it's mm-hmm. possible that this thing could find the cleanest, fastest, most efficient route up that hill, and it may break a record. Now, mm-hmm. it won't be happening during the race this year, right? Um, you know, they're going to test it, and they're actually going to do a, a run mid-November, uh, where they uh, they're going to attempt uh, two things. They're going to have the Guinness Book of World Records, um, you know, I guess monitor a land speed attempt that they're gonna they're gonna complete at the uh, El Mirage Dry Lake bed in Southern California. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, or another lo- nearby location if they can't, you know, because of weather. Yeah. Um, they also are going to attempt the Pikes Peak run, which um, it's going to be a new rec. It's going to be a new record no matter what if it makes right. it to the top yeah. because this is a brand new category for the fastest speed in an autonomous vehicle. And so far, that has yet to be done because it's incredibly complex to get to the top of that mountain. It's it's a oh, sorry it's a it's tricky turns. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. it's it's uh, nearly twelve and a half miles. And they call it the race to the clouds. Twelve and a half miles, different surfaces. It's it's intense. It's an intense race. Um, so yeah, this this uh, it's called the Pikes Peak Audi TTS, mm-hmm. and it will be making a run mid November. And they've got a, a schedule in the at the end of the press release. Um, which, you know, talks about, you know, continuing the testing and they're, they're out there right now checking, uh, the route, 
just after the race, they went out and they were kind of checking the route and seeing what's different, what's new, mm. uh, the different conditions, and um, they're gonna they're gonna make some attempts at it. Now they've got a, um, you know, they have to. What's really crazy about this is they're replicating decisions that rally makers or rally makers, rally racers make at race speed. So this is like this is taking the autonomous driving thing to the to the very max yeah. right away. Like I mean, because you're you're talking about a racing situation where you know it's like the seat of your pants type uh, sure, yeah. decisions that you make, and it's based on what you see and feel and hear. Well, it's it's making these maneuvers based on these difficult road conditions and you know everything that's going on around them. So it's it's really it's a it's a difficult thing for it to do. But what's interesting about it is that it's also you can see the future of you know like these assisted technologies and what and what we can expect to see in the future because this is where it comes from racing is where a lot of things come from mm-hmm. this is no different you know it's, seat belts side view mirrors rear view mirrors uh, you know what, ben <laughs> it goes on and on yeah. and on aerodynamics come from that sure. i mean it just goes on and on and on what what came from racing and comes from racing mm-hmm. that's why companies spend hundreds of millions of dollars in mm-hmm. formula 1 Stock car racing, IndyCar, you know, whatever it happens to be, the technology that they learn for uh, the racing series translates directly into the automobile that you know you and I park in our driveway, mm-hmm. and uh, this is no different. So when they're they're developing this, uh, you know, this autonomous car to climb Pikes Peak, you may think like, well, man, what's Audi doing spending, you know, whatever the the dollar amount right, is to right. do this? They're looking farther down the road, sure, and saying this is where we need to go so we can develop these safety systems. And maybe even better than that, maybe we can develop the first autonomous car. And we should also, let's see, there are a couple things we've got to mention, man. First, we cannot let, I can't let it pass by uh, anytime we have an opportunity to mention the DARPA Grand Challenge. Yes, yes, yes. Because this this is the big daddy mm-hmm. of automated driverless systems. Oh, you yeah. Know? And, of course, we know... Um, you know, we've mentioned this before. A lot of people are aware of it. Um, the Defense Department's uh, research wing, uh, the same folks who brought us things like HARP and the Internet and are building a uh, – do you know they're actually building the Matrix now? Wait, what's this Internet thing? Uh, the Internet is a series of tubes <laughs> no, that okay. I think is crank no, wait, operated. What did you say? Something about the HARP? What did you say? Uh, HARP is a, is a place <laughs> in Alaska that does ionospheric research. These are, these are the really, really, really smart people. Okay. And, of course, it's kind of secretive, but uh, you know, I guess it's a necessity because it is national security. Mm-hmm. But they've had this competition um, several times now. Um, the last one that I have good data on was 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, but places like HARP and, and companies like Audi are really – I almost said driving, are really propelling. The, uh, <laughs> ah, driving would have been fine. Driving would have yeah, been fine. Sure. Yeah, well, one way or another, their insert verb here, yeah. something to uh, the future of vehicles. And, you know, for a while, I was I was dead set against it, man. I thought driverless vehicles were a bad idea because even if we get the infrastructure in, all it takes is one monkey wrench mm-hmm. into an intricate machine. You can say it, Ben. Just one clown. Just one, just, just one clown out there. One yes. clown out Screw there. Screw everything up. Uh huh. One guy yeah. who decides to go. No, I'm going to go manual. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, so I'm, I can. I'm taking over. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I can try out my turbocharger. <laughs> exactly. But uh, but I guess what we're painting here, we're painting a baby step future where you guys can probably tell that Scott and I are completely on the same page here. If these kind of systems happen, we're going to see them first in 
heavily populated urban areas, right? And we're going to see them maybe expand outward from there mm-hmm. and start to connect the way that major roads started to expand out and connect. Yeah, and it'll be relatively slow speed in those areas versus yeah. the high speed. Like if they were to develop this in Utah, maybe. You know, you can expect those high speeds that you're talking about, you know, right. like the 130 in mm-hmm. the, in the uh, automated lane. And, uh, you know, because you just have the distance and, and there's not quite as many obstacle potentials other than, you know, maybe an elk running across the road or something mm-hmm. like that, um, which would be, which would be awful. Yeah. But uh, apparently, you know, they've got, uh, the radar would detect objects nearby and, the, you know, the, di- the direction that they're traveling, you know, it would calculate all that and then supposedly you would be safe. But, um, yeah, I think that uh, urban areas are where this is all going to start if and when it does start. And the, uh, you know, Scott, I have actually, I changed my mind on driverless cars. You'll recall before I was, as I said, dead set against it. But I got to thinking, I don't know, maybe, maybe our producers will pace, or play some thinking music for me. And I got, I got to thinking and I hit upon this. I looked up some statistics. You know, the majority of auto accidents, including fatal accidents, are attributable to human error, not to any fault of the equipment. Mm -hmm. I believe that. And so to me, it seems like we have this incredibly expensive, incredibly imperfect system, but we also have an opportunity to make the roads a little safer and Mm -hmm. save people's lives. I think that the long-term benefit is worth it, but only if we go at a very careful, slow, graduated pace, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't jump in both feet first, right? Yeah, let's not put sensors everywhere and yeah. then make some sort of cockamamie law that requires people to have an automated car by, you know, next mm-hmm. year. Yeah, I know, well, I know there's, I mean, we know that systems like this track train traffic, mm-hmm. you know, they, they monitor, uh, you know, the 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 uh the elevated trains that we have here in town yep um uh well they're underground at some points but mm-hmm. um the, i know that they tra- they monitor bus traffic they monitor um other systems of course you know we've got planes that are monitored via right. radar um I guess it's kind of natural that, you know, cars would be the next thing that they, they try to tackle in something like this. Sure. I, I don't know if I'm on board with this yet. I mean, would you feel safe? That's the question. No. I think that's a question on everyone's mind. I really wouldn't. You know, I really would, wouldn't. Would you want, if you have children, would you want your children to be in a driverless school bus? No. You know no, what I mean? No, I don't think I would. No. I think it's going to take a very long time, even if, even if somehow, and we've talked about this before, I completely disagree with that 2030 number. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'll happen. No, I, to me, that's way too what, soon. It's a little bit ambitious, I think. I think it's super optimistic. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, uh, you know, you gotta give it to them. They're, uh, they're working on it. And mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, if you're working on this every day, 20 years from now, it seems like, yeah, it's possible. Fortune favors the Yeah, bold. I mean, they, yeah. they know a lot more than we know about this, of course. That's true. And, uh, you know, we're, we're these armchair, uh, Armchair, what, uh, engineers, I guess? Yeah. Well, we get, <laughs> saying, you know what, though? Saying there's no way. 20 years, no way. People don't know about these new chairs unless they've been listening to some of the other podcasts. Yeah, you aren't. guys, we have these swank new chairs, and we've got – we've moved up in the world. Yeah, I'm not leaving. I think I was going to stay here, too. Yeah. Dibs on the VO booth. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Okay, so All right. we got it now, I guess. I think so, yeah. yeah. I think that about covers it. And really, I mean, it's kind of up to uh, individual listeners if they uh, they buy into this idea or not. I'm I'm – I, I like the manual idea that, you know, you, I'm, I like to drive. Yeah. Um, I like to have full control of everything around mm-hmm. me. I don't, I don't think, uh, 
I don't think I would even be comfortable in a system like that had, uh, let's say, the dynamic cruise control. I would still be nervous about that. I would probably be hovering, waiting for something to go wrong on that, you know, just waiting. I, I'd like to see it happen, see it work, but I don't know if I could ever give it even full trust, you know, that you're just relaxed with the system. We'll, we'll have to see, but I like what you were saying about individual listeners because it gave me a great segue to listener mail. Okay, Scott, 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 Scott. Jerry from Chicago writes in to say, Hi, guys. Uh, just finished listening to the show. I have not had much experience with superchargers, but I do love that whining sound it makes when you step on it. He recommends that listeners search for Terminator Mustang Cobra on YouTube. Jerry says, I have the Nissan 300ZX Twin Turbo. Nice one. Mm-hmm. And I love it, so I would go with Turbo. It just lags a little, but when they kick in, they really push you. On another note, one thing you may have missed is that one advantage of a turbo system is that you make more overall horsepower with bigger turbos, uh, which adds even more lag, but you can always use a sequential two-turbo system where you can have a small turbo spool up and feed the intake while the large turbo starts ah, up. That's right. See, he's got a 300Z, right? Uh Yes. Yep. Okay. That's twin turbo system, right? Mm-hmm. So he knows uh, he knows what the twin turbo is all about. I've never driven a car with twin turbo. I have. I have not either. And again, since we just talked about my lack of impulse control, I don't yeah. know if people like me should be uh, in charge of machines. Maybe. Like that. Maybe not. I've driven a car with regular turbo, of course, mm-hmm. and then some just insanely powerful, normally aspirated cars. Yeah. And um, but never a twin turbo car. That's odd. I've, I guess I've never had one. Yeah, that's cool. I'd love to. Yeah. I'd love to see that. I'm going to actually check out that. Uh, thing that Jerry recommends there. Oh, so the, uh, the Cobra to hear mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the whine of the supercharger? Muscle. Yeah. Yeah, it's a distinct sound. You'll you'll never forget it. So thanks for writing in, Jerry. Uh, I want to say a big thanks to all of our fans who are listening, right? And we want to tell you guys, of course, we have had a name change. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Car mm-hmm. Stuff. Yep. And uh, we've also got a Twitter account. And uh, it's probably easiest if you search Car Stuff HSW. Uh, that way it'll take it right to us. We don't have to narrow down the choices, I guess, at that point. For how stuff works. Exactly. Yeah, for <laughs> how stuff works. And then we've got, um, an we've got, awesome blog. Yeah, we do have a blog. That's right. And, yeah. uh, I've been mostly just using that to update podcast stuff so you can catch up on some of the older podcast, um, you know, by items that we talked about in the past. It's a history record, really. Uh, and we've also got, um, a lot of great articles on our site in the auto channel. Check that out. And most importantly of all, we have a deep abiding love of listener mail. So if you have something you'd like to tell us about automated driving systems, driverless cars, or if you yourself are a driverless car system and you think that we have misrepresented you, then uh, please send us an email. Don't hesitate. Our address is carstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between, like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yup, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly. How much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.